There is no danger that the Titanic will sink. The boat is unsinkable, and nothing but inconvenience will be suffered by the passengers. Philip Franklin, the White Star Line Vice President, 1912. All this and more coming up on the One Sheep Podcast right after this. The boat is unsinkable, and nothing but inconvenience will be suffered by the passengers. Philip Franklin, White Star, Line Vice President, 1912. Ships and words that have gone down in history for all the wrong reasons. The year was 1912. The RMS Titanic was set to make her maiden voyage on this 14th day of April. Al Jolson's That Haunting Melody was number one on the billboard. We all know the story. The belated iceberg spot, a failed swerve the lack of lifeboats, and the loss of 1,500 lives. Roughly 70% of the ship's passengers and crew. The sinking of the largest and most luxurious ship built at the time has become immortalized in popular history, inspiring documentaries, television dramas, and Hollywood blockbusters. But what about the USS OSAS? Why is no one talking about this ship? This ship is 10 times larger and more luxurious than the Titanic. In fact, I tried to board it a while ago, but after seeing my life vest, they promptly turned me away. I found out that they have everything you could want on that ship, and then some from a 65-year-old pastor. He was getting his wife's prescription sunglasses from their car. He waved at me as he hurried back up the gangplank to get aboard. I was about to leave when I noticed a dock worker who had the same life vest as me. He was using a forklift to cast off the giant ropes that moored the colossal ship to the pier. I waited till his task was complete before approaching him. I said to him jokingly, How are you going to get aboard now? He didn't laugh. He said he never boarded that ship as he pointed to my life vest. I told him the pastor said it had everything you could ever want. Was he wrong? Nope, he said as he backed up the forklift. It has all that and more. He was just about to drive away when I motioned for him to stop. Wait, what do you mean by more? He, he leaned over to the side I was standing on as if he were going to dismount the forklift. He looked at me and said, that ship has 100 times more death than the Titanic ever had. He took a small notebook out of his shirt pocket. He then wrote down what the OSAS meant in the ship's name. Then he said, never board that ship and never say that out loud. I nodded. He said, you have the same life vest as me. You'll be okay. And then the loudspeaker made an announcement and he was off to the next pier. And remembering what he said, I dare not say it out loud. You will need to look at the podcast transcript for the answer of what the USS OSAS means. Anyway, the weather was nice, so I, I thought I'd go for a walk. As I began to walk, I began to read my life vest. Thank God they did not let me board that ship. Yes, friends, I'm speaking today of the false doctrine put forth by cultural Christians who think church is good, but they're just not interested in making it a priority. They're not involved in any ministry. They don't sacrificially give. They couldn't tell you the last time they told someone about Jesus. They come to church about once every couple of months because, well, they're just so busy. 
Ask any of these people if they are saved and they will say yes. They will tell you about a time when they prayed a prayer and got baptized, but they don't live their life as if Jesus is Lord. Romans 11 verses 17 through 24. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fattest of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, but not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell. Severity, but toward thee, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? If we see that God was willing to cut off the branches from his own original tree because of their unbelief, why would we, who have been grafted somewhat unnaturally into this Jewish tree, ever think that we can get away with the very things that got them removed? The same transgressions that got Israel removed from the tree compromise, taking their salvation for granted, giving lip service to God, and going through religious motions without their hearts really belonging to Him are rampant within the church today. I'm especially concerned for children who grow up in the church, are raised in Christian families, and live up to expectations by at some point getting saved. They avoid most major sins, at least the ones they think are major. But in their heart of hearts, they know Jesus is not Lord. If this is you, Paul says, wake up. If this is what God did to the sons and daughters of Abraham, it's what he's going to do to you, too. Sometimes Christians will use a perverted version of the doctrine of eternal security to assure themselves that they belong to God. This doctrine says, once you are truly saved, you can never lose it. They have boarded the USS OSAS ship. If there are any truth in this doctrine, why did Jesus say to strive to enter in at the straight gate? I mean, if everyone gets a trophy, why would he tell us to strive? Aren't these like the branches that God removed from Israel? So we must be cautious. Beware tolerating compromise in your own life. Beware of being casual and complacent in spiritual growth. Beware lest sins you let go unchecked grow up and choke out your faith. My fear for many in the church today is what Paul's was. That they take forgiveness for granted, assume it is their birthright, and do the very things that got Israel removed. Maybe they prayed their prayer and they're satisfied to sit complacent with their get-out-of-hell-free card. Or maybe they follow Prozac Jesus, who comforts them and is their BFF in a jam. But nothing about their life says that Jesus is in charge. If we put you on trial for being a Christian, and the only admissible testimony was that of your friends at school, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If the only evidence we considered could come from what your spouse observes of you at home, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If your best friends at school or those in your family don't know that you are a Christian, you probably aren't. Who you are in the unseen, unrehearsed moments is who you are, period. Friend, if God removed those branches from Israel, 
who really didn't walk with God and submit to his lordship, won't he also remove you? The only Jesus is Lord Jesus. He is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. His lordship is demonstrated not by the confession of your lips, but the obedience of your life.